Hi, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to the Coaching Call podcast. On this podcast, we'll cover various types of coaching by trainers in sports, martial arts, fitness, and business. We'll discuss each coach's methods to getting the most out of their respective athletes or clients and how they attempt to change the platform in which they coach. Join us on a fun adventure as we discuss unique coaching styles. We've all been coached before, in school, at work, or on a team. Your first coaches were your mom and dad who taught you how to communicate, tie your shoes, or play a simple game of catch. Coaching is a universal part of how we get others to get something done. Join your host, Raphael, and his guests on this unique journey in coaching. Hi, I'm Sifu Raphael, and this is the Coaching Call Podcast. If you enjoy this episode, please subscribe and leave a review. This episode was made possible by listeners like you. If you enjoy my show, go ahead and buy me a cup of coffee. Make it a large. To donate, go to paypal.me slash Raphael. That's S-I-F-U-R-A-F-A-E-L. I'm trying to keep this podcast free of advertisements. Anything you can donate is greatly appreciated. Thank you. There's questions you can ask. Uh, what makes you unreasonably angry when you see it? So say you were to walk down to the beach and you see a bunch of trash and you cry and you say, oh my goodness, I can't believe the world has come to this. The beaches are terrible and it's hurting the animals. Maybe that is a, a sign that your mission is to help the planet. I had the pleasure of having Kevin Palmieri on the show. Kevin is a podcast coach and consultant. Kevin has great insight on business, and we also spoke on the benefits and fails of podcasting. Good morning. Good morning, everybody. We are joined today with Kevin. Welcome to The Coaching Call. How are you today? I am doing very well, my friend. I appreciate it, and I am excited to chat. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. So you have this amazing podcast, and now you're on mine. So thank you for thank you for being here. I really appreciate you. Of course, of course. So you know, as a fellow podcaster, I need to ask, what motivated you to even start a podcast? That is a, a wonderful question. Um, I think what motivated me is what motivates many people to make a change in their life. It was pain. Mm. I. I found quote unquote success when I was 26 years old and I had a beautiful girlfriend. I had a high paying job. I had a sports car. I had the body of my dreams and this person ended up leaving me and I made a lot of money and I realized, look, that's not what I was playing for. That's not happiness. And shortly thereafter, I realized that for most of my life, I had been living unconsciously the opposite of unconscious was hyperconscious. So that is the podcast that I started. Successful at a young age. Let, let's talk about that for a minute because yeah. a lot of people don't find what success truly is, right? And even though you were successful, you were not, mm. right? Yeah. But let's talk about that, that initial success that you and, and obviously and so many people believe that that's what really is. Let's talk about how you, you even became successful to begin with. What was your mindset back then? Uh, it was very simple for me was 
I might not be the smartest, I might not be the fastest, I might not know the most, but I can probably outwork other people. <laughs> and while that's not always sustainable, especially long term, mm -hmm. that's what really did it for me. I got this this unique opportunity to work in a, an industry called weatherization. So our job was to go into schools, anything state owned or government owned, and make the buildings more energy efficient. Now. This required a ton of travel. It required working different hours. It required working in attics when it was 120 degrees up there, mm. outside when it was negative five degrees. But the one thing that I made a commitment to myself about was if they call me and say, we have a job blank, I'm going to go do it. It doesn't matter how tired I am. It doesn't matter you know, what I did last week. It doesn't matter how much sleep I have. I'm going to go do it. And, I, and the year I was the most successful, I spent 10 months out of the 12 months living in hotels. Every wow. single week, I was in a different hotel, in a different state, in a different city, and I would literally live out of my suitcase. I would mm. come home, I'd take my suitcase and pour it into the washer, throw it into the dryer, <laughs> and then I would throw it back into my suitcase. And that's the way I lived for almost a year, but that is the year I was the most financially successful back then. And I think it was the work ethic that really did it for me. Oh, yeah. So you found that overworking other people, right, or doing more than most, right, mm. gave you that success. Yeah. But were you happy? <laughs> uh, you would have thought I was. Anybody right. would have thought I was. Right, but right. no, I, I believe that the difference between happiness, well, let's put it this way. I think as human beings, we believe that we want to be happy. Mm. I believe we actually want to be fulfilled. And this is always my analogy. If this podcast goes well, I will look back and say, wow, I'm happy it went well. Regardless of how well it goes, mm. I will be fulfilled in the process because I'm on purpose, aligned with my mission and growing towards what I believe I ultimately want. So no, I was... I was so unhappy that I needed shiny objects to make me feel like I was happy. And I think the interesting thing is, as you get, quote unquote, more successful, and you realize that these things that should make me happy are not filling these internal voids, it actually makes it a little bit worse. And I'm blessed because I had my midlife crisis at 26. But <laughs> yes. I think that's, that's where a lot of people go is you're 40. Right. and You've achieved all these things that you think you want, but you still don't feel any better than you did. And I think it's fulfillment. I really do believe people are more after fulfillment than they are happiness. And happiness can be a byproduct of the journey toward fulfillment. Yeah. I, I love the fact that you talked about material things, right? Because mm. a lot of people, that's what they strive for. I, I want this car. I want that house. I want this watch. I want this whatever. And I want a, uh, some trophy person on my arm, right? But the reality is, and, it, and you said it, it's fulfillment. It's how you feel, truly how you feel when you wake up, yeah. when you go to sleep, in the middle of the day. What do you feel? Do you feel a, a void? Do you feel empty? Even though you may have all these different things around you, but it's, you're, you're a thousand percent right. I'm so happy you said that because that is the truth, right? Mm. What are we fulfilling our life with? Junk, right? Mm. What kind of a body do we have if we're not happy with it? Right? Is it okay to 
fill my body with junk? Would you fuel your expensive car with bad or, or cheap gas? No, mm. right? So yeah. everything has a purpose. And, and once you realize that purpose in you, and then, my God, things do open up, don't they? Yeah, it's the level of self-awareness. I believe the deeper that you know yourself, that's when you can really start. I don't really think of it as a game, but then you can really start to understand, okay, if I move this piece, this is what happens. Mm. I said this to my wife recently. We did a, um, as part of our podcast, we did a 10-week weight loss thing where my co-host and co-founder, Alan and I, we made a commitment to our listeners that we were going to lose 10 pounds in 10 weeks. And if we didn't lose 10 pounds in 10 weeks, we weren't going to be able to record an episode. Mm. And we, since we've partnered up, we haven't missed in over a thousand episodes. So we weren't going to, we weren't going to miss, but (laughs) I told my wife at one point, I said, I don't know how to explain it. And this is even weird for me to say, but I am way more fulfilled when I'm striving towards a fitness goal. Mm. I'm not happier because I'm actually, (laughs) I'm spread thin. I'm tired because I'm low on calories, but I feel like I'm making progress towards the ultimate goal. I am more fulfilled when I am in shape Hmm. because I believe I'm closer to my actual potential. And that was a very important, a very important thought process for me because I have a break today in the middle of my day. I'm going to go to the gym and I'm going to do 10 rounds of boxing that are very hard. It's very challenging. I'm going to be sweating. I'm going to be suffering, but I do know I will be grateful. I did it after. And to me, I know I'll be fulfilled because I did it. So I think you really have to check in with, what makes you happy, results-based? What makes you fulfilled, alignment, goal-based? I think that's very important. Oh, without a doubt. You know, w- one of the things, obviously, I work out every day. So, and I do teach boxing and I teach mm-hmm. martial arts and I teach, nice. you know, a lot of different stuff. So for me, that feeling of taking care of me first, because then I can fulfill the, the needs of other people mm-hmm. without me. How can I help anybody? Yeah. You can't, right? So let me ask you, you are doing this podcast, right? You have how many listens now? How, how many? Oh, my gosh. It's, let's, let's hear the numbers. Uh, I believe I track the numbers. So I track our listens every day. I right. think we're at 614,000 downloads as of today. We have listeners in 125 plus countries. And mm. we recorded our 1,070th episode a couple of days ago. Oh, congratulations. Thank you so much. I that appreciate is, it. That is incredible. When, when we think about podcasting, right? Mm. And there are so many people who are not doing it, but they should, right? And so a lot of people are finding it, but there's not enough people doing it. It's almost like there's only a few. Back in the day, I, I don't know how young you are, but back in the day before cable, there was the antennas on the top of a television, right? Mm. And there were only a few channels, right? And you were lucky if you bought a TV with a remote. Sometimes they had a remote, but it was it had a cable attached to it, right? And so you had a, which is a good way not to lose the, the remote because it was always attached to the TV. Right. So there were only a few select channels, right? So you had channel two, channel four, five, seven, nine and 11 and even prior to that i think there was even less channels and then cable came in and then remote tvs came in and all of a sudden you have hundreds of channels 
And guess what? There's nothing to want, mm-hmm. right? So it, it, it's, it's the product that is out there, the product that we use and what we can look into that will change people's perspective as well. So when I, I'm talking about the podcast, you help people, right? You decided to start helping people how to become a podcaster. How, you, you, are you coaching people on how to do it? Wow. Yeah. Yeah. It was, there was an interesting time where, and for me, and I'll just be honest, I deal with imposter syndrome. I won't even say just like any other human being. It might be more than most human beings. I don't know. Really? But I, I was down in Florida with a mentor and my business partner. And we, at that point, we had very little ways of making money. We Mm. were doing one-on-one coaching for peak performance mindset. And that was where this all started because that's our, our podcast is holistic self-improvement. But my mentor said to me, you know what you should do? You should help people start podcasts. And immediately for me, it was like, I don't know enough. I'm not smart enough. You know, we're not a big enough show. I'm not successful enough. But when I started that, I started it from a place of most shows. And you'll know this, you're a podcaster. Most shows last between seven episodes and 21 episodes. Mm. And do you want to know why? It's not because this part is hard. Talking into the microphone is the easiest part when it comes to podcasting. (laughs) When you get rolling, at least I know in the Mm -hmm. beginning, it's very challenging, but it's, I don't know how to grow the show. I don't know how to monetize the show. I don't know how to audio edit. I don't know how to video edit. I don't know how to do any of that. That's why I started it. It was based on what are the problems that we had the most that we can help other people solve. And I really think of it from, even from a gym aspect, the lower the barrier to entry to start something, the higher the failure rate. Mm. And podcasting now is so easy to start, which I'm grateful for, but it doesn't necessarily require you to check a bunch of boxes of, yes, I'm super committed, Yes, I'm super committed. And that's why out of the 3 million podcasts, there's something like 75% of them that are no longer in production. I want to help that number change. Hopefully that's the goal. Yeah, I appreciate you doing that. It's, it's funny because there was an author that I started following him on a podcast. Mm. And then I met him in person. I mean, great, great guy. And I said to him, I said, hey, what happened to your podcast? He's like, oh, you know, I got busy. Da, 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 da. Mm. And I said, well, you know, it was a great podcast. I, I really enjoyed it. Oh, we're going to bring it back. That was uh, a year and a half ago. I still haven't heard anything yeah, from yeah. it. But, you know, it, a lot of people don't realize that you and I and everyone who actually has been doing it for a while, I'm going on to season four. And, you know, my first one, I was crazy. I, I did um, four podcasts a week. Mm. and they're all anywhere from 60 to 90 minutes. And then it was only audio. I only started doing video recently. And then you have to edit it, right? And then that takes time. And so what, what happens, it's a, it's a commitment. And if you are not passionate about it, that commitment really goes away really quick. And, and so you're right. A lot of people who start something don't continue. They don't follow through. They did not see the vision of what's the end result. Yeah. Even an exit strategy. Do you have an exit strategy? Or will you and I be doing this 40 years from now? That's the goal. Yeah. I, even the fact that you said that, the number one, and I say this to people all the time, they'll come to me and say, yeah, I'm going to do it for a year and see what happens. Don't start. Yeah. Don't, I mean, 
would you would you sign up for a marriage for a year to see what happens? No, that's not how it works. That's not how it's supposed to work. So, some people do. <laughs> some people do. Yeah, maybe maybe more than 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 should. But right. I think to your point, it depends on why are you starting it. Mm. When when something becomes the new trendy sexy thing to do, people tend to start it for the wrong reasons. And I always tell people this: make sure you have your peas in order. What does that mean? Do it for passion. Find a way to make it profitable. Don't do it for profit and then try to convince yourself you're passionate about it because it's going to take you a while to make this a business. And if you started it just to make it a business, you might be the, you know, that person. You might be a, a statistic of somebody who only lasts 15 episodes. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So, you know, I, I want to share your, your show and every, your, your links to your show and any other links you want. I definitely sure. would like to throw them up on the screen. This way people can follow you, right? Because I appreciate it. what you're doing is, is amazing. And the fact that you, here's the thing. To me, I see you as a giver. You, you're helping people to follow their dreams, right? A lot of people don't realize, yes, it is a commitment. Yes, it's a lot of work. And don't get me wrong. There's a lot of people out there who are only doing 15-minute episodes. Mm. And that's cool. And, and I'm, I'm, that's, I, I think Russell Brand, Brandon started that way, right? I think he, he did like 10-minute podcasts. And he did it every day. And when you do a 10-minute podcast, that's so easy. That, that's, that's cake, right? You don't even have to edit it, if you will. Because if it's just you talking, I mean, that's easy. But, or if you have an interview with someone, 10 minutes is, is nothing. And when you start getting into the longer 30 minutes, 45 minutes, an hour, an hour and a half. I've done some podcasts where I had to break them down because they were over two hours. Because the... The content was amazing, and my guest wanted to keep going. Mm -hmm. It was just like, holy cow, the information that this gentleman was giving me was beyond. And I said, wow. And, and he was like, okay, we can only, we're going to have to end at two hours. I got another appointment, but I want to do this again with you because I have so much more to give. Yeah. And so when it, it comes to being a giver like you are, and people come on my show or other shows, and they're willing, to participate in someone else's growth mm. tell me that's not that's fulfilling isn't it oh yeah it's it's interesting because at a i think people forget at one point nobody would listen to me mm. it, because and not not that that's a bad thing it was probably right. a good thing because i don't think i had that much value yet <sighs> but then i i think eventually we get to the point where there's, there's a couple different types of people. There's people who say, I know all this information, I'm going to hold it for myself. And there's people who say, I know all this information and I've, I've studied and I've studied so hard to, to learn it all, but I want to raise the tide. I want everybody to, to get to the next level together. So it's, it feels really good when you can say something that helps somebody else look at something in a different way. That's all coaching is at the end of the day. It's raising somebody's awareness so you can help them make a new observation make a new decision and get new results and i think a lot of us forget that yeah there's one-on-one -on -one coaching behind the scenes that you exchange money for mm. cool that's awesome but this is a micro coaching session just in a different way and not as specific because i can't talk directly to somebody's problems but it's right. a great opportunity to practice it's a great opportunity to impact and it's a great opportunity to figure out what lands and what doesn't it's the best it's the best right. thing in the world i love right. podcasting if you can't tell 
<laughs> Likewise. You know, here, here's the funniest thing. And somebody said to me, why are you still doing it? And I said, I got to be honest. With you. I'm addicted to my own show. Because not only is it the conversations and the connections that I'm making with people, but when I edit it, I listen to it again. And even like I'm doing with you, I'm taking notes, right? And even when I'm editing a podcast, I'm like, holy cow, that was like awesome. And I start writing notes and, I, and all of a sudden I'm like, wait a minute, let me go back to editing this podcast because I'm enjoying it again. And I'm like, if I can enjoy and if I can get nuggets from this person, holy cow, I definitely have to make sure it goes live. So my show always, always is, I, I used to do Tuesday, Thursdays, Saturday, Sunday. And then I said, you know, for that first season, then I went to, all right, let me just go Tuesday, Thursday. So season two was that season, first season was a hundred episodes. Then I went to 50 episodes and now my third season and fourth season. So from now on, it's just going to be 50 episodes. But I really don't take time off because I do a lot of interviews, right? So what winds up happening is that I have a backlog of all these shows that now I have to edit, right? So I, I have at least 80 shows that I still have to edit to put on the audio version. So the video version is kind of cool because now we're live. Right. This is the like the coolest thing since sliced bread. Because for me, it allows someone else to almost chime in. So anybody who is listening to us right now, be part of the conversation. Ask Kevin a question. Ask me a question. Chime in. Say, hey, you know what? If anybody out there is listening and you have a podcast, tell us about it. What's your podcast about? Do you listen to podcasts, Kevin? Uh no. <laughs> so it's interesting. I listen to our podcast as right. like a quality, not necessarily a quality control because we have a member of our team that does that. But for me, it's, I think if you're going to master something, you have to reflect. Mm. So I try to listen to, I don't listen to every second of every episode right. because there's one a day and I just, I don't always have time, but I try to listen to the intro. I try to listen to my stories. I try to listen to uh, the way I'm speaking, am I taking pauses? I'm just trying to to become the best speaker I can. So when it comes to other podcasts, I started listening in the very beginning. I started listening to Joe Rogan. I think that's a lot of why people started in the beginning. But for me, it's it's been more audiobooks. Right. It's been more something that's proven through time. Mm. Right. Something that's proven through time and you know, it's a world-class author who's done thousands and thousands of hours of research to make sure it's, it's the best use of my time. I think that's probably the best way to put it. Yeah, yeah. You know, what, one of the things that I always consider is, is my car is my university on wheels, right? Because, yep, 100%. <laughs> you know, I'm always listening to an audio book or, a, you know, a course or something of that nature. Mm. And then I'm always reading. So I, I have books that I'm every day I'm reading. Sometimes I'm reading four books because, you know, my morning routine will ask me to read a particular type of book. And then later on, I'm reading a different book. And then I have authors who are sending me books all the time. And so I'm reading their books, right? So for me, reading is, is, is key to my growth, right? Because I'm always looking to grow. And I think that 
by me doing this podcast. And you talked about knowing your words and, and your pauses and so forth. And the ums. Talk to me about ums. <laughs> yeah, I'm convinced. And I, I'm, let me see if I can make this land. There are certain phrases that people use when one of two things. One, they're either not truly convicted in what they're about to say. Or two, they're just afraid to hold space with silence. Mm -hmm. So I was on a call with somebody recently, and this person said, well, it's basically blah, 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 blah. And I was like, all right, basically, that's a word that this person's using. Let me see if this keeps happening. And they said it, I think it was basically, essentially, and they kept using those lines of words. And I said, do you actually believe what you're saying? Mm. And they said, what do you mean? And I said, well, you keep prefacing what you're saying with, it's kind of an out. Like, right. well, this could be wrong but I'm going to throw it out there. I uh, said, just drop that word because it's, it's making you seem like you don't necessarily have conviction in what you're saying. So mm. oftentimes it can be, if I'm not sure I'm spe very specific on what I'm saying and I'm not sure that it's correct, right. I might have to throw some sort of word in here. Um is just one of those things where you're not confident enough in the silence to hold space yet. Or this is another thing I've seen pretty often you don't have good chemistry with a person that you're talking to and you're afraid they're going to break your train of thought. So you throw an um out there so they know you're still thinking. Yeah. But in the grand scheme of things, it depends on your conversation. It depends on your interview style, if it's a solo episode or, or whatnot. I don't really, I tend not to say um. For me, it, I say like a lot. Hmm. I say like a lot because I'm jumping between idea to idea and it's kind of like a placeholder for me, but I hear it and I, I say, Oh, you got to stop doing that. Kev. You got to be better than that. <laughs> yes. But I do believe there's also a level of personality within each person's speech and you don't want to sound robotic. Huh. You want to have your own personality to it. I think Gary V is a great example. Gary hmm. V is a great speaker, right. but he's not a polished speaker. Correct. He's a, he's great at getting a point across. He's great at, influencing impacting motivating inspiring educating but he swears he says like he has his things he does so i think there is a fine line where you want to be very shiny but not to the point where it seems robotic and pre-planned too much i would say yeah you know one of the things i was listening to a podcast with a billionaire i mean wow the guy knows his stuff he knows finance like there's no tomorrow but I think within a one minute, he must have said, um, a thousand times. And I was like, it's so hard to listen to him, mm. especially because, <laughs> you know, when, when you edit and, and those are the words that you're looking to take out. Talk, talk to me about how important it is to edit a podcast and maybe take some of those words. out. And, and the reason I do it is because I've had super, I mean, brilliant, brilliant people on my show. And they um, and you know, and the um, and you know, and you know, and you know, and you know. And what wound up happening is that I said, you know, they're not sounding as intelligent as I know they are. So I would edit those things out. And once I re-listened to it, I was like, wow, they sound brilliant because <laughs> I know they are. So for me, that part was important because I wanted my... I know who my guests are. I know how intelligent they are. But sometimes it's the way that we speak can portray us as something else. So I said, I want everyone to understand. And, and I was loving this person or these people 
but those filler words were getting in the way of their true message. So I've edited a lot of that stuff out. And once I listened to it, I was like, wow, they're brilliant. So that's the, that's the reason I did it. But what do you think about that? I would say it depends on a couple of factors. If it is a guest episode, that makes sense to me. Mm. If it's a guest and it's somebody else, that makes sense. I have a lot of people who they'll come to me and I always suggest people do solo episodes as well as guest episodes. Right. I believe guest episodes are a great way to get new listeners. I believe if you're a coach and you're trying to use your podcast to help people at a deeper level, your solo episodes are what brings you the money. Mm. It's what brings you the clients because you're solving your listeners' problems live. And if they want more value, they'll reach out. So this is what I always say. Go wild if you want in the guest episodes, totally up to you. Right. In the solo episodes, I do not want my clients to ask us to edit anything out because if we do, it doesn't create the pain for them to change. Right. That has been my, my thought process since the very beginning of this is when I'm on stage, there is no editing. So I want to practice speaking into the microphone like I would be speaking on stage. Right. And many of my clients are speakers. So that's kind of the, the frame that we bring is, look, I know you want this to be polished. I know you want it to be edited, um, like, but all of that out. That's not going to create the necessity for you to become a better speaker. Imagine every time you went up to the plate, if you struck out, you could just erase it. Mm. You, you probably wouldn't become a, a much better hitter. You wouldn't have to learn how to hit the curveball, the change up, the slider. That's my frame when it comes to that. Again, everybody has a little bit of a different intention behind podcasting, but if you want to become a better speaker, I believe the best way to do it is to understand that there are no safety nets. And again, if something goes horribly wrong, you can always edit it out. <laughs> yes. That's, that's important, but not something simple like that, that mm. where you can make that change through practice and consciousness and awareness and intention. I believe that's a good challenge to have for most people. Yeah, no, I, I appreciate you saying that. So one of the things that I... I don't take every um or but or you knows out. Mm. I take when it's it's excessive, right? Yeah, a million. Yeah. So that's when I, but I, I leave a lot of it in, right? Because I want it to sound natural. I want it to, mm. to have the essence of the person as well. But, and, and I like the, the fact that you're talking about when you're on your own without a guest, right? Because then, and the fact that there is no editing then because it is who you are. It is, that's the way that we can get people to fall in love with the person because they're coming as who they are, almost naked, if you will, right? Because there's no, no hiding behind the curtain. This is me. This is who I am. Nothing is edited. So that's, that's, I think, a key element to, and like you said, to any coach who wants to actually make a difference, make an impact, change someone's life, change someone's perspective. I think that's the key element that, that we need. Let me ask you about your show. When does it air? I know you said there's one every day. When does it air? Uh, noon. So it drops, yeah, every day at noon, we have a new episode out. I think on Friday, it drops at 10 a.m. because I don't remember why we started doing it that way. But yeah, noon or noon for every day except for Saturday and or Friday and it's 10 a.m. Hmm. And then you also do Sunday? Yep. Yep. Okay. Seven days a week, every day. Oh, nice. So. Uh, when you say noon, what time zone? Uh, Eastern. So 12 Eastern Standard Time. Where are you located? I live in New Hampshire. Oh, okay. I'm in New York, so we're almost neighbors. There you go. Close enough. <laughs> yeah. 
we'll have to do a meetup someday. Sure. You know, have you ever participated in any of these podcasting events? We were going to go to one, but we ended up going to some other event, which we definitely shouldn't have because we wasted our money. So I mm. wish we went to the podcasting one. But no, we've we're an interesting company and we have interesting intentions because we're very much we kind of stay to ourselves mm -hmm. we tried the networking thing in the beginning and we realized that's just not that's not the way we operate and right we have just really stayed in our own silo and said look we're gonna we'll learn from the people that we know we're connected to some some successful people who have some great input but for us no it was it was more me going away for three days to something like that is just going to kill the productivity that we already have going on. Mm. And I can probably find it on the internet somewhere if I search hard. Oh, without a doubt. Without right. A doubt. Yeah. But uh, you know, the, for me going to events is just about the connection Yeah, because you're right. Thank God for YouTube. Right. <laughs> Thank God for podcasting. Thank God for things that will help and impact our lives. But I, for me, the connections are everything. And that's why I love my show personally, because of the connections I make. I am, I'm able to talk to people all over the world, all over the world, actually, in so many different countries like yours is. Your show is based on changing lives. How often do you have a guest or do you, is it just you and your, your partner that you guys are on alone or do you have guests? We, we had guests through probably the first maybe 700 episodes 800 episodes mm. and then it just got to the point where we said look there's number one there's two of us right so scheduling is already twice as hard right alan has 30 clients i have 20 something clients mm. it's very hard to find time i'm always having to move stuff for meetings and so we realized we're at the point now where and this is this was a very interesting thing for us our podcast is different than a conversational type podcast where our ultimate goal in every single episode is to solve a problem for our listeners. And I know at a deep level what our listeners go are going through because I've studied them for the last five years, but I'm on the phone with listeners mm. all the time. Alan's on the phone with listeners all the time. I realize that we know our listeners better than most guests are going to. Right. So that is really the shift for us where we said, look, it's going to be Alan and I, we're going to do this by ourselves. When we have the opportunity to to get a big guest on, we will probably think about it. But our time is probably better served cultivating content that is very specific to our audience. Again, I do believe having guests on is a great way to, to make connections 100%. Mm -hmm. And it's a great way to get listens because you're going to be exposed to new audiences. But for us, it was we're, we're at a good clip. We're growing at a, a good clip when it comes to listens. So our main focus now is how do we make sure we're very specific with our audience and our community? Nice. What, what I'd love for you to do is also on, on the comments, just mm. put in the name of your podcast so we can put it on the screen as well, because hopefully you will get more listens through this podcast, right? So, and I appreciate you coming on because for me, you're helping other people. You're helping other people become podcasters mm. and hopefully stick it out, right? Yeah. That, isn't that the goal, right? That that's the the ultimate point. Is we we had a client recently who crossed three hundred and twenty something episodes. Nice. And and this person said to me, and I've had many clients say this. There's no way I ever would have got here if I was doing everything. 
right? Mm. And and that's it's understandable. It's it's understandable. You don't want to have to to cook the meal and then serve the meal and do everything. You want to do what you love about it. And I think that's just an important part of anything. You want to do what you love. And if you get outside of that, the odds of you continuing to do it are pretty low, unless the the mission is there. That right. that is a part of it too. Yes. The mission. How does somebody find their mission? Hmm. We were mentored by Evan Carmichael for a time. Shout out to Evan Carmichael. And nice. he said this great, great guy, like such an awesome person behind the scenes too. He said on one of the interviews, he said, I, I believe your purpose comes from your deepest pain. And it was interesting because he said it so nonchalantly. And when you think <laughs> about it, if you, I believe most of us have already experienced our mission and our purpose. I believe for many of us, it's in the past. Mm. We just don't believe in the vehicle yet. Right. So there's questions you can ask. Uh, what makes you unreasonably angry when you see it? So say you were to walk down to the beach and you see a bunch of trash and you cry and you say, oh my goodness, I can't believe the world has come to this. The beaches are terrible and it's hurting the animals. Maybe that is a, a sign that your mission is to help the planet. Mm. Or maybe you're somebody who grew up in an abusive household and that's something you think about all the time and you see other people going through that and that breaks your heart. Mm. Maybe that is a, a, an idea or a string to pull that maybe my mission is serving other people in blank way. So I think you looking back into your past and figuring out what are some of my biggest problems I've had that I've overcome? What did I wish was different? This is another great question. Mm. What is something I am super passionate about that I don't believe enough people are? Mm. That's a great question right, to ask right. yourself. So there's a bunch of questions you can ask yourself, but I think it's important to understand the difference between a mission and a vehicle. The mission is what you're trying to deliver and accomplish. The vehicle is how you do it. For us, the mission was to bring holistic self-improvement to the masses, to everybody, to make personal development acceptable by everybody and accessible to everybody. But the vehicle became the podcast where other people might do books or speeches. The, the podcast was the main one for us. So mission, purpose, and vehicle can be separate things. That's cool. That's cool. You know, it's, uh, it's interesting because when I was going to do my podcast, I was going to have a partner too. Hmm. And we went, we talked about it. We did all these different things. And then last minute he pulled out. Mm. And because my why was so strong, I said, there's no way I'm pulling out. I'm doing this by myself, you know? So, and I've had collaborations. So now I've started a different show as well. It's called Heroes Rising. And with Heroes Rising, I have a co-host. And we've been doing it for over a year now. And that's not even... That's all live. None, it's not on audio podcasting. So that's just a live show that we do. Mm. And we do that twice a month only. But we bring other coaches on top, right? So we bring two other coaches. And it's been, it's been a wonderful experience. But the whole thing is that when we can collaborate with someone who is going to bring value, then it's worth it. Absolutely worth it. And, and for me, you know, once that that person pulled out. I mean, they're a great person. They pulled out because they did not feel that they had enough bandwidth to be able to sustain my vision, which is, I'm not stopping. I don't know how to quit. <laughs> so even if, 
even if I was the only one listen to, listening to it, I'd still be doing it, you know. Mm-hmm. Thank God it's not just me listening. <laughs> but, you know, there's, there's other people who find value. And as soon as my podcast come out, I go and I take a look, boom. I already, people are already listening into, to it every time. What made you decide on 12 o'clock? And everybody asks, when should I do this? When should I do that? And obviously, everybody has a different formula for when they put out a show, what time, what venues they actually use. So what was your, your idea that 12 o'clock Eastern time was the best time for you guys? My thought behind it, and I always tell people this, when are you actually going to be able to promote it? Mm. That's, that's my thought. I, in the grand scheme of things, I don't think it matters that much, really. Right. I, don't think, I don't think the day matters that much, really. I think it's more of kind of like a diet. What is the most sustainable for you? Mm. If 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time or whatever, Pacific Standard, whatever, whatever it is for you, right, right. if that's more sustainable because you're going to be editing at night before you drop it, then do that. Whatever is most sustainable for you in the beginning, I think is the most important. We chose it because that's usually when I do my social media. I usually do my social media in the afternoon. I want to make sure I can promote the newest episode. And I like to do videos on my story. Mm. And I don't really like doing videos in the morning because I'm usually doing my back office work and I'm right. just half, half asleep most of the time. So yeah, it was... <laughs> It was a strategic decision of, okay, well, we're going to promote it every time it drops. When is the best time for us to promote it? And when is the best time for other people to see that? That's, that was really the thought for us, yeah. Sustainability right. first in almost everything that we do. Right, right. Nice. And so how did you even come up with the name for your podcast, <laughs> right? Great, great question. So we've had a lot of changes in the brand. We've had a lot of changes in the business. Everything has changed along the way. The biggest change ever was in the very beginning, I created a podcast called Hyperconscious. Mm. That was the initial title because for most of my life, I had been living unconsciously. Mm. The opposite of unconscious is hyperconscious. I was thinking to myself, this is the best name in the world. (laughs) This is something special. So eventually, I believe we were 450 episodes in. And again, Evan Carmichael, we were on a call with Evan Carmichael. And he said... I love you guys. You guys are some of the best interviews I've ever come across. I can never remember the name of your show and I can never remember who you are. You guys mm. need to change your name. And I said, Heaven, that's not going to happen. This is the, this is the baby. We're right. taking hyperconscious. That's, that's going to be it. And Alan and I had a talk and we let our egos lower. And we <laughs> talked about the fact that number one, this is Evan Carmichael and he knows more than we do. Mm. He's a very successful entrepreneur He's crushing it and everything he does. So we started having conversations about, okay, it's kind of time for us to grow up and become a real adult brand. What do we want to be known as? Something we used to say all the time was next level. That was next level. That movie was next level. That song's Mm. next level. So I said, okay, what about next level? What do we think about that? I think that encapsulates who we are pretty well. Alan is an educational human being. He likes teaching. and. One of our long-term goals was to have an online campus where we would have a building for health, we'd have a building for wealth, and we'd have a building for love. So we came up with university. Mm. It's the next level university. It's where you go to get to the next level. And we went to Evan Carmichael. I sent him a DM and I said, next level university, what do you think? And he said, no, you don't want to be attached to a university because 
people are moving away from school. Right. And I said, Evan, this is it. We're planting our flag. It's next level university. I, I, you might be right, but I don't think so. We're going to go next level you. And that was, yeah, probably 500, 600 episodes ago. And definitely the best change we ever made because we are actually looked at as a professional brand, not a couple of young kids with a cartoon <laughs> avatar right. like we were before. <laughs> so your avatar was cartoonish? Yes, it was good. It was a good avatar, <laughs> but it, no was, doubt. it was Alan and I as cartoons and I had my tattoos and everything. And it was, it was really cool. But mm. if you looked at it, it wouldn't have necessarily screamed Professional. professionals who right. can add value to your life. Right. <laughs> so <laughs> when you guys decided to change the name, were you thinking of your audience? Were you thinking of who do we want? to listen to our show we were thinking more of our more about our future audience than our current audience because mm. i don't know that anybody found a show some people did but the vast majority of humans wouldn't come across a show called hyperconscious and then assume it was what we talked about right because it wasn't we weren't taking mushrooms and talking about the universe right, right. we were talking about success and personal development fundamentals. So it was more, this has gotten us to where it has gotten us. And I believe it served its purpose and it served its time. And we have wonderful fond memories. But if we do want to get to the next level, if we want to get as big as we want to get, if we want to impact as many people, that's really what it was is it's going to be very hard to impact as many people as we want based on this name, because the name recognition just isn't there. There's too much up in the air about what this could be. When you hear something like next level university, it's pretty simple and it, it really speaks for itself. And we definitely, I got messages from people saying, I love hyperconscious. Don't change that. <laughs> That's my favorite thing in the world. And right, I said, right. I understand. But at the end of the day, as we change, we also have to change the brand and it saddened me. And we talk about hyperconscious all the time, but yeah. <laughs> but you leveled up. You leveled up. Next level. You got to go. You got to go. You definitely leveled up. <laughs> Let's talk about for a second when, when you guys decided to change the name. Did you have anybody drop off? Did you obviously some people loved the name you guys had? Did you have did you notice a, a tick down? Yes. In in your listenership. Yep, 100%. I would say <clears throat> I'm trying to think of the graph in my head. We probably we probably went from one month, then rebranding and losing, lowering our listens by 25% in, in one month, from one month to the next. But then it started to pick up and it started to pick up. It's, it's one of those things where you can look at the graph and you can say, wow, that was a dip, but that was also the launching point. Mm. It can also happen in the opposite way. I, had, I have a, a group of clients who they changed their podcast from a show that was predominantly for females and humans who identify as females. And they started to lean into tech. Mm. And I said, you got to be careful because you are going to plunge your listens. Oh yeah. And they, they started to, to drop listens pretty, pretty quickly. So much in fact, where we're rebranding to something else, because I said, this is not going to be sustainable for you. So you have to understand if something changes and people aren't aware of the change, they're going to, they're probably going to assume that everything is changing. Oh, yeah. It might only be the name, but people are going to assume everything is changing. It's 
familiarity. When you're familiar with something, you don't like it to change. So it definitely was a plunge for us, but it's something that picked up pretty quickly. And I definitely had moments where I was thinking to myself, this was a giant mistake and (laughs) I can't believe we did this, but it's one of those, you got to take a step back sometimes and it'll give you a couple steps ahead in the future. You know, one of the things, and, and I love that you brought that up because when I move my location to a better, bigger, more beautiful location, I mean, really to, to help my clients, I only move literally, it took six minutes in driving. It was about five miles and I lost 70 members, seven. Mm. And I was like, why did they not come? It's, a, it's not that far. And it's the familiarity. It's, it's, they wanted to remain the same, even though they were complaining that the place was too small, even though they, they were not happy with, you know, the way classes were, uh, you had to wait outside the lobby until you can go into the other. Now I went from, you know, a 3,200 square foot facility to a 10,000 square foot facility. Goodness. You would think they would think that's a good thing, right? More parking, more spacious, more rooms that. They, you know, a, a smoothie bar, the whole deal, a way better location, and 70 people didn't make the trip. Mm-hmm. And one of them was the mom. You know, I teach kids and, and adults. The kid was going to, bra- to black belt, and he was a brown belt. And the mom's like, nope, don't want to drive that far. Mm-hmm. But you know what? When we do something, it's because that conviction that we have that it is going to be better. You cannot please everybody. Can you? No, no, no. To your point, it's very much how do I serve my current audience and my future audience simultaneously while growing? It's such a challenge. I I had a very similar experience. I used to, I did jujitsu for probably four years and I tore my labrum during one of the, the wrestling classes and I had to get surgery on my shoulder. Oof. And in the meantime, between when I got surgery and when I started grappling again, we switched locations. The school switched locations. And I was putting it off. I don't right. want to go to this new... I know exactly what door to go in. I know, where, <laughs> I know where to put my shoes. I know where the bathroom is. I know where the showers are. Now it's completely different. I don't want to look like an idiot. I'm going to be walking in the wrong door. So I, I really do think it, it is a level of I am familiar with this, therefore I am going to do it. I think of it from... All the time, I get pizza from the same pizza place. Why? Because I know it's good, and I don't want to have a bad experience. Right. I just go to the same place. Are there places that are better? Absolutely. Mm. Have I found them yet? No. Will I you ever? haven't looked. <laughs> Probably not, because I'm going to keep getting the same pizza. Right, so, right. yeah, just to speak to your point. Yeah. And it's very strange that we are all terrified of change because we don't know what's around the corner. Mm. But when you think about it, we change every day. We grow every day. Whether you want to or not, you are getting older. That's growth, right? When you go to sleep, if you took a, a microscope to your pillow, you left part of you on that pillow, <laughs> right? This is why we wash our sheets often. Yeah. So it, it's important to know that growth and change have to happen, right? So one of the things that I do with my locations and everything I do, I Oh, constantly, I change things. People come in like, holy cow, what'd you do? That wall used to be here. So I've been in my location since 2013. I've already did four remodels. I mean, huge <laughs> remodels, right? And 
I'm already looking. I did another remodel only about a year and a half ago, and I'm already looking to do another remodel. Why? Because I don't want people to remain the same. It's boring to me. So this is why, you know, I've had a lot of people contact me like a month after we did a show and they're like, hey, I want to be on your show again. I'm like, okay, let's talk in a year. Because I want difference. I, I want people to understand that my show is going to bring variety. It's going to bring all different. A lot of people think that my show is about sports because it's called Coaching Call. And it's about coaches. So you're not playing sports unless we call podcasting a sport, right? But some people it is, right? <laughs> Depends on how you look at it. But for me, it, it's it's the concept of that growth mindset, and and I love talking to people like yourself, who talk about that growth, how we have to evolve, and even the changes that you guys went through in order to grow up, right? Because you yeah. you even said you had an avatar that was cartoonish, but now people, because of the word university, people are going to go, hmm, even if they've never heard of your show. Just if they if they start searching next level university, huh? Sounds yeah. sounds smart. Let me check it out. Right? Yeah. So yeah. It, it it's a great name. That's why I love it. Thank you. What is it that you guys are doing that a lot of people may not be doing, including myself? What our our bread and butter, the thing that we do that not many people are willing to, is our motto is scale the unscalable mm. so a lot of people are starting podcasts to make their lives easier we're not doing that that that's the interesting thing is we might be more successful than we've ever been my life is drastically more difficult than it's ever been mm. and i think that's the way it, it should be we're oh, not yeah. trying to grow this business to exit or to work less that's not the ultimate goal the ultimate goal truly is impact where I still do free calls. I don't have to do free calls. I want to do free calls. I want to connect with our listeners and our community and, and just add value at a deeper level. So that's one thing is most people don't understand the value of one human being. They see one and they say, wow, I really want that to be a million. Hmm. It'll never be a million if you don't nurture the one. Yeah, That's one part of it. And then I would say the other thing for for us that differentiates us is we really do treat it like a business. Mm. We have business meetings in every, we have 25 departments within our business. We have a 16 person team. So we have a very, very, very strong infrastructure where we are set up to scale. We can scale at a very, very high level. It's more us slow playing it than anything else. We could be way bigger than we are, but it just wouldn't have been sustainable at the time. So that's another thing that we're doing is our business is actually more successful than our podcast. Mm. And that is very, very, very rare mm. where I know people who had millions of listens, 10 to 15 million listens, and they were making four to $6,000 a month. And there's nothing wrong with that. Right. But we had $400,000 listens and uh, 400,000 listens, and we were making three or four times that a month. So we have a very strong business that is allowing us to produce the amount of content that we are. And that also gives us the staying power because the podcast growing is important, right. but it's not 
the end of the world if we had a have a bad week, a bad month, mm-hmm. a bad day because right. we have the business underneath it serving us. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, for for me, my my podcast is is about giving. That's it. Mm-hmm. That, that's that's what it's about. I'm not looking at my podcast because I have other businesses, right? That that actually have even come from podcasting. As an entrepreneur, I'm not just doing one thing, right? And entrepreneurs, real entrepreneurs know that success behind success is a billion failures. So we have to fail and we have to continue. We have to get up. You know, they say somebody falls down eight times, they get up nine times. We probably fall down a thousand times and get up 2,000 times, right? So th- there is no stopping, uh, you know, someone like yourself, someone like me, someone like your partner. What you guys are putting together is phenomenal. And, and you know, I want to applaud you again for doing it. I want to thank you for being on my show today. I really appreciate you taking out the time. Let me ask you one final question. I know you're talking about impact. How are you impacting people? Are you doing it just through audio? Are you doing it video? Are you doing both? Are you doing blogs? Are you doing vlogs? What are you doing? Yeah, for us, it is audio and video and then coaching. Hmm. We, this, is a, this will be a good add-on for podcasters, anybody really. You have to understand that the less specific something is, usually the less valuable it is. So a podcast is valuable. Right. But me on the phone with somebody behind the scenes where I can say, what was, your, what was your childhood like in your relationship with your parents? That's more valuable because we can get deeper. So we have a lot of breadth, the reach, and some depth when it comes to the podcast. At the very bottom of our business where we're coaching people, we have unreasonable depth, but far less breadth because there's only so much time that we can do. So audio, video, and then human to human over zoom or whatever platform we're using nice. due to this wonderful technology that we have in this world today. Oh, that's awesome. You know, w- one of the things that a lot of people don't realize that when you take on an adventure or should we call it an adventure <laughs> as, as we're doing with podcasting, there's so many benefits that we get out of it that we don't necessarily always share on our shows. Right. The fact that we make connections. Listen, I've had people contact me and want my help. And they're like, well, how much are you charging me for that? And I'm like, don't worry about it. I'm like, what do you mean don't worry about it? I'm like, yeah, it's okay. I got gotcha. you. Mm-hmm. And they're like, holy cow, you, you know, you're doing this. You're taking time out of your day. I'm like, you know what? You have a need. I have the knowledge. Let me guide you. It's okay. And then, of course, if they want a lot more of it, then, of course, they'll pay for it. But, you know, if it's, you know, here or there, it's not a big deal. Like recently, I contacted a gentleman and uh, he he needed something. So I I helped him with it. And since that day, he's been texting me every day. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. But here's the thing I said to him, I said, it looks like you need a little bit more growth in what you're doing, right? So I invited him to come to my location and I told him, it's a martial arts related uh, deal. I said, bring your students. He goes, you know, I love every time you teach. And I said, bring your students. I said, let me teach you and your students. Don't let me just teach you. 
I said, you know, I'll teach you personally, but let me teach your students as well. He's like, you'll do that? Like, yeah. I said, let's get your calendar. Let's get a date together. And so now he's super excited about it. So I said, you know what? I'm not just going to teach you and your students. I'm also going to give this as a free seminar to my students. I said, so let's, let's, let's just have a happy time together. And, and he's thrilled. But, you know, for me, that helping someone, giving someone without asking anything in return, I know will come back a thousand times over. But the whole thing is a lot of people will ask, hey, can you do me a favor? And the person goes, yeah, what, do, what are you going to do for me? And that's not a favor, is it? No, no. I, I love that story. I love that mindset. My, one of my favorite quotes is the person who adds the most value will win in the long run. Mm. Whatever win means to you, it doesn't really matter because if you add the most value, that's all you're doing is adding value. And for all coaches out there, especially in the e-commerce world, the social media world, the virtual world, if you add value, people will quite literally ask you, how much does it cost for you to add more value? Mm. That's the beautiful part is when people realize this is just who you are and you're giving value, they understand that you have more value to give. And if they're willing to pay for it, that's a great way to start a coaching business at the, at the end of the day. That's the way it works. Absolutely. Any, any last advice that you can give right now? And I know that people should contact you if they want to start a show, if they want to start a podcast. But like you said, if they're only going to do it for a year, don't waste your time. Yeah. Right? But if, if you're serious, if you want to do something, definitely, you know, I'm going to put Kevin's um, information up there again. So that way, just reach out to him, right? Here's the thing. What's the one advice you can give someone today besides calling you? Because that's the advice I'm giving them, right? Thank you. Uh, reaching out to you. What advice would you give someone who is interested in getting started? The advice I would give is I would have them ask themselves a question. Why am I, why am I thinking about doing this? Mm. And my advice would be this. You have to be committed to being there for your audience as much as humanly possible, even when it sucks. Because your audience is going to listen to your podcast because they're looking for a solution to their problem. And sometimes that means you sending them a DM. At the end of the day, you're creating a community through your podcast. So you have to make sure you're willing to continue the momentum. Are you willing to do what it takes to grow it? And what is the ultimate result you're looking for? If you can get clear on the why, if you're willing to do it in the ultimate result, you're going to be way better off than most people when they start. For sure. Gotcha. Kevin, I, I want to thank you for today. I mean, gosh, great information, great content. You know, I haven't listened to your show yet, but I'm going to. I'm going to check you guys out. I appreciate it. Which show or which episode in the top of your mind hmm. would you say is your favorite? Uh, episode one. Yeah. 1000. That's a, such an easy question. Now it wasn't before a thousand. That episode was very much us reflecting on, I was, it was just us crying for some of the episode, <laughs> but realizing that at one point we were just two kids trying to impact. We didn't know what we were doing. We didn't know if this was going to work. And here we are a thousand episodes later with the best community in the world. And this is what we do for a living. And mm. that it was a very surreal, if you want to see authentic, 
real emotion, episode number 1000 is definitely the one. That's the one I'm going to check out. All right. Thank you, my friend. You have your best day ever. Thank you for making a difference. Likewise. All right. Likewise. Thank you so much for having me. Got it. Enjoy. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. I'll be back with a new episode and a new guest. You can find all episodes of the Coaching Call podcast on Apple, Anchor, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, and wherever you listen to podcasts. I ask that you please leave me an honest review. This episode was made possible by listeners like you. If you enjoyed this episode, go ahead and buy me a cup of coffee. Make it a large. I'm trying to keep this episode free of advertisements. Anything you can donate to the cause is greatly appreciated. To donate, go to paypal.me backslash Sifu Raphael. Thank you and I really appreciate your help.